going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Major Keys Podcast with your host, Zach Wilson. This is episode one of my installment of showcasing all of my teachers that made me who I am today. Right now, I have with me a special guest, the first person who ever put my hands on a piano, taught me where Middle C was, didn't give up on me. This is Mr. Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell, how you doing today, man? I'm fine, sir. How about yourself? I'm good. Make sure you're talking. To, make sure you're talking. To I'm me. fine, sir. How about <laughs> yourself? <laughs> we, uh, we, we're good. What do you have? Uh, what do you have going on nowadays? Well, we're still doing the same thing, teaching uh, uh, students and children how to how to play, play and perform. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still doing the same thing. Yeah. Yes, and, sir. And and putting together shows, you know, mm-hmm. uh, try to keep the work part of it from getting so boring. By uh, using performal ensembles. Yeah, yeah. Ensembles, yeah. Where ensemble, where the student can go out and perform some of the top forty stuff. Yeah. Because when I was coming up, we didn't do that. We were just reading the classical music, mm-hmm. and you know that was out all you could do. Matter of fact, they didn't even want you to improvise, though. They mm. just want you to play the music just like it is. Yeah. Didn't want you to go. Didn't want you to go anywhere outside of that sheet. No, no, no I, nothing outside of it. Nothing. nothing outside. That's right. Got you. All mm-hmm. right. Well, Mr. Mitchell, we want to start from the top. How did you get started playing piano? My grandmother started me on piano. I was five years old, mm-hmm. uh, and somehow that was my love. You know, if I couldn't play a piece by bedtime, I couldn't sleep. Mm. So I would wake up two or three o'clock in the morning. I get back on the piano. Cause I had to learn to play that piece, mm-hmm. and of course back then the walls were very thin, so it was like she was right in the room with me, and I'm trying to learn how to play, and she's trying to sleep so she can get up that morning. Mm-hmm. So eventually she took the garage and turned it into a studio, put that piano and organ out there, and me also. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Matter of fact, she built a bathroom out there where I can, you know, use the commode and stuff. Anyway, that's why I, I, I stayed. Because the music was annoying to everyone in the house, mm-hmm. but I couldn't sleep unless I could play that piece. Yeah, and that's how I started. Five years old. And how many people were in the in the house though? Uh, me, see, my grandma. Just three of us. Then. Okay, my yeah. grandma and granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Got you. So <laughs> you, so you started playing. So were you self taught, or did you have a? No, my grandma played played piano. She taught me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my family's musicians, my uh, uncle taught me trumpet. Uh-huh. I was six. Yeah, he didn't take you till you six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, theory, little pieces of theory that we still use today. The theory sheet, that's where it come from. The whole thing, what is the staff and how many notes in music, what kind of notes, etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, that's where it come from, mm-hmm. my uncle. Got but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I was always... Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. to to perform. I didn't start performing by ear until I was probably about seven years old. I was trying to learn to play by ear. You know, songs like Pushover and mm-hmm. things like that you would hear on the radio, you know, once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you started kind of classically trained at five. 
Right. Um, then you started playing by ear at seven. And then, like, walk me through, like, how it was, like, learning music and what you were doing throughout high school and, like, middle like middle school and high school. Okay, well, what happened at nine years old, I started playing for Sunday school. Uh-huh. 13, I started playing for a club. Oh, at 13 years old. At 13 and this years is, old. what part of the world were you in? You in Houston? Houston, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Back, back there in Houston, Texas, at that particular time in the 60s, mm-hmm. you didn't have to worry about too much because the, all the neighborhoods were segregated anyway. Yeah. As long as you didn't, wasn't burning no rubber and acting crazy, you didn't have to worry about being stopped uh-huh. if you could drive uh, a car. Mm-hmm. And so I would go to play at the club with the band well the people at the club didn't say too much you know i wouldn't drinking and stuff like that and say so you were 13 so how did you get hit uh picked up for those clubs like when when you were 13 years old because you know One who's the, gonna who's, who's coming a to band a member old, like <laughs> oh yeah hey man we need you to play play this gig for us yeah one of the band members knew a friend of mine's uh, parents i think and they said well mark can play pretty good they were looking for a piano player and they heard me play and i could play the song so they just took me with them when they got ready to go play. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the little money. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know, And, and enjoyed- at that time, how, wait, how much How much were you making per gig oh, at that time? Because this make, is back in the day. So. Yeah, it make it. Oh, if we got $10, that was good money. <laughs> $10? Oh, what you talking about? $10 was good money for a gig. I remember I had a gig Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. That was $30. Then I think the church was paying 15 So 30 that's $45 a week. Now. Light bill was only $8 a month. Yeah. Your phone was maybe 4 Your water was over 4 or $6, you know. Rent was, high rent was $32 a month. Goodness gracious. So we had it made. Your car note, if you had a car note, you, you had a nice car, your car note wasn't going to run you no more about 60 $64 a month. So Whew. if you're making $45 a week, boy, you're oh, making Oh, you're money. balling. Oh, yeah. Right. You make good money, good money. Goodness. All right, so thirteen, so, so thirteen years old, you're in the club, making making fifty dollars a week. Club. So were you playing at church when you were thirteen years old? Yeah. Then? When did you start in church? I started in church around nine, but they just let me play for Sunday school. But okay, I don't, yeah. I don't think it was about eleven. Before I got about eleven years old, twelve years old, I started playing for the whole thing. Uh huh. And this is, yeah. and this is basic. So this type of church is just like organ and drums or is it just piano like because i know during, it was or was it like a full band sort of during that church t- during that time they didn't have drums in church that much yeah. mainly organ and piano and most of the churches just wanted you to play them hymns mm-hmm. now you had a few churches that you got into gospel but most of them was just him the church i came from saint john was a big church with all the school teachers and the lawyers and stuff all they wanted was the hymn. Mm-hmm. Don't add nothing. Don't, don't take, take away, away nothing. nothing. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So, and they paid decent money every Sunday, you know. Okay. Of course, they had it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then after we got, uh, after I turned about 15, I think I bought my first car. Uh huh. That's when I got grown. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I had a, <laughs> you had your girlfriend. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you're playing for clubs, and oh man, you're making money there. You know, I think I'll make about sixty dollars a week then. I yeah, mean, that's big time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Shoot. Uh, anyway, I did that, uh, and I progressed in doing that until I signed it, until I got drafted. 
Then I got drafted. I became a member of the Army Band, Tweeter and Third Army Band. I was a French horn player. Okay, in the Army Band when yeah. you got drafted. Mm-hmm. And I played for piano for the jazz band. Okay. So after that, I went to college and got my degree mm-hmm. in music. And that's when I did my first traveling with Archibald and the Drills. Yeah, yeah. We had that hit record in 1969, Tighten Up. Yeah. That's what got me on the road. And from there, I traveled all over the world from playing and performing, you know, on concerts. I, I traveled with Archibald for a while, music director for the Drifters, mm-hmm. the Tams, uh, Marvin Cease. I worked with Johnny Taylor. Uh, I did recording with Eddie Kennedy. As a matter of fact, I did his last album with him. Who else? And I host others. Uh huh. It was just, it was just fun, you know. I did this all the way up until '99. Mm-hmm. By '99, I got kind of tired. Okay. Exactly. So, you got tired of like traveling. You got tired of like the performance, or was it like the, the business? Like you got you, tired of like, like what specifically? Mainly, you get tired of the traveling. Mm-hmm. You stayed on the highway. Most of the time, we stay on the highway. Oh, we get to the state or city that evening. Yeah. You go set up, sound check, take a nap, get you a little done and go perform. And after the performance, there's a party three or four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. six o'clock you leave and trying to get to the next city. You know, and they just go on and on and on and on and on for years. And you just sometimes. And so you after a while, tired. you just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, you get tired. And I stayed out there all those years. I was just kind of burned out. I said, well, it's time to quit. Mm-hmm. Do something different. Of course, uh, I never anticipated on coming to a small city. Yeah, I said I wasn't gonna live in no small city. So you're and a big time. Definitely wasn't gonna teach nobody no piano. And now look at you in a small city. Teach right. <laughs> piano. Well, that tells you I'm not in control. Exactly. Anyway, I got a call from uh, a young lady. I think it was his father's daughter. About playing at Usher's Temple. This was in '99, uh, '98. I said, "Man, no, I can't do that." Then I thought I might well take the job. But now the job wasn't paying but three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Why would I leave Atlanta and come way down to Perry for a three hundred dollar job? Right. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, I asked the Lord about it. And I asked him, I said, well, you got me down here in a little small country place. I can't make no money, do nothing. I said, I've been all over the world. He said, I know where you've been. Mm-hmm. I'm the one to let you go down. Mm. I said, okay, what you want me to do? He said, I want you to raise me up some skillful praises. Mm. He said, I'm tired of the musicians and the people in the church. They just do my music any kind of way. Mm. I want it skillful. Levites were skillful, and I want you to raise me up some praises. So I said, okay. Mm-hmm. That's how we came up with the idea of teaching piano. One lady down here, uh, she's a beautician. She kept asking me to teach her son. Why said, well, you might as well. You're not doing nothing else. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Then from one, here come another one. Then mm-hmm. here come another one. Here come another one. And that's how we got involved with teaching mm-hmm. and everything. And gotcha. Some, one white guy came over to learn blues. And 
Talking to your mic real quick, just checking. Brother, I'll say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you need to uh, mm-hmm. get yourself a studio. So that's when we moved down on Carroll Street and got things set up for a uh, studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it wasn't shortly after we moved down there, your dad bought you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, a lady, a guy who uh, played drum, Daryl Rogers. Right. He asked me about it. He said, man, I'd like to, I like to play with you sometime. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, his wife worked at a newspaper. And she came by and said she needed an article. I mm-hmm. said, okay, no problem. Yeah. So she did an article and the school blew up. That's how we... We we got actually got started. I mean to have them turn around since. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good to go. We're good to go. Just checking. So um, let me go. Let me go back because I knew part of that story. Mm-hmm. I, ain't, I I I ain't know the the whole situation. But you were telling me I want to go back to like when you were a student because you were telling me last week you were like you weren't a good student. So you weren't a good piano student or you weren't a good student in school because you didn't care about. I wasn't a good student in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were over there on that piano. In high school, I didn't know about focusing. I was, my mind was on other places, Mm -hmm. you see. And um, history and all that stuff didn't excite me. Yeah. So my mind was out the window. Yeah. When I went to college, I wanted to learn everything. Mm -hmm. I know one day a time will come that I would walk through that door, and I don't want to walk through that door and someone could talk over my head when it come down to music. Yeah. So I learned everything I possibly could. I was focused when I went to college. I, my mind was just on learning. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized I could make A's and B's and everything, not only just music. Yeah. You know, but in high school, uh-uh. Only thing I made A's in was music because I knew that anyway. Gotcha. But everything else was pretty low. Mm, man. But no, I, uh, so, so were your, your parents were mad about that? Were they were like, hey, did they, did they ever, did they ever threaten to nah. anything like, oh, you can't play piano if you can't get good grades nah. or anything like that? Uh-uh, because that wasn't going to happen no way. Oh, they they knew that whatever yeah, happened, yeah, you're gonna that, be on that yeah, piano. Yeah, they didn't they didn't never do that. My grandmother mm-hmm. was in always interested in me playing piano. That's why she taught me. Yeah, but uh, no, they, they we never had no ultimatums like that. Gotcha. My only thing my uncle told me was that uh, when I got ready to go to school and major in music, he felt like I should major in something else so I would have okay. a backup. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I didn't need no backup. Mm-hmm. What am I going to use a backup for? I'm going to either make it or die. I'm going to either be successful and play and make some money or I can't eat. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, when you be determined, mm-hmm. you know, you're either going on top of the mountain or you're not. What you going to do? Right. You just, you hang in there until you get where you're going. You don't need no backup. Backup for what? When you get a backup, what you're saying is, chances are I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Well, you already doubted in yourself yeah. that you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So chances are you're not. Mm-hmm. But so you win 100%. 100%. Percent. I'm going to either make it or die. Who wants to die? Nobody. Right. So we do what? We the make other it. Choice. That's right. That's the other choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. So, man, I've, 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 I've heard people that 
have like just one particular goal and go for mm-hmm. it. But man, like the determination that you had, and then you know, of course, your resume—you've been all over the place. Um, what was one of the? Um, tell me about how the music business was, or at least the gig scene, like the music scene was then compared to how it is now. You think, or just music in general? Because I know, like it's like it's it's changed, like you know, just a little bit between now and the, then. The music in general has changed. Now, you know, back in the day, the recording business was different. You, the whole rhythm session mm-hmm. section, would record at the same time. Somebody yeah. made a mistake, we'd have to stop and start all over again. Mm-hmm. Today, we don't do nothing. We use a machine for everything. Mm-hmm. Machine does the playing. You may play, you can take one finger and play three different notes in the machine and put the chords to the machine and put the rhythm. The machine does everything. It's all about the machine today. Mm-hmm. Instead of being the talent. And like instead the- of the talent, of, you know, developing it. Um, so, music is, I wouldn't say it's better. I wouldn't say it's better at all. I say it's more mechanical. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the last time I went into the studio, all I had to do was carry my keyboard and shoot it. The keyboard already has 16 tracks in it. Yeah. And everything is just dedicated out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you well, think the the advancement of the technology makes it Better or worse, and this is for, and, and I'm talking about for actual musicians, right? Not for, um, not for you know people that just kind of spice things together, like like say like musicians who want to play with the with a band or anything like that. Because you know I can just play a MIDI track, and then like I can go in and take out wrong notes or whatever. Yeah, but right. do you, but do you think it's worse because you kind of lose the integrity, like maybe like the the soulful integrity of it, like you know. I don't know if y'all recorded with click tracks when you were coming up or if it was just like the drummer kept the beat no matter what. If you sped up, you sped up. But I'm wondering if it's like, do you think it's ultimately better or worse or do you just think that there's a good medium and there are pros and cons to like both? Well, some parts of it is is better. We 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 practice with a click track or the drummer recorded with a click track. We can hear a click track keep us definitely on on the beat. Mm Mm-hmm. But one of the things that if, if you listen to some of the old school music now, you'll hear where some of the notes are a little bit out of tune. Mm-hmm. So, but today's music, you're not going to find that. So, in a way, it was better, but in a way, it wasn't. Yeah. You know, uh, today you're going to find uh, less skillful musicians. They're not that skillful like they used to be. And then on the other hand, you can find some very skillful ones. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it just depends on the individual person. Mm-hmm. And the type of music that you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it works. Now, some of the c- computers to me is a is a hinder. E- even when you go in the store, you know, you can do percentages. If you come from the old school, you do percentages and calculate the taxes and stuff like that in your head. But that cashier can't. Mm-hmm. That's why they have to put every little mm-hmm. thing yeah, yeah. to give you the whole thing. Yeah. And it, they have to wait until the machine tell them what to give you because mm-hmm. they can't really calculate everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose that breaks down. Then what? Yeah. 
So that's the same thing about the music. Sometimes the uh, uh, computers, hardware doesn't function properly. Then what does the musician do? Especially if you're depending on it. Right. I think every musician needs to know the note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want a shortcut to, shortcut to keep from working so hard, that's a different. Yeah. But to doing it because you don't have no alternative, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a hinder. Yeah, I I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, because you know, because sometimes I listen to older music. You know, like the classics. You know, the Earth, Wind, the Fire, the Stevie, all that sort of stuff. And then you hear. You know, it's not necessarily right on the grid sometimes, mm-hmm. and it just you know, it's just just, just more soulful in my opinion. Some mm-hmm. stuff I'm not mm-hmm. this is not for everything. I'm not knocking everybody's music because mm-hmm. you know there's good music now. There's good music back then. There's not so great music, but you know, mm-hmm. but I but I just think about I do think about how it would have been growing up in that in in Area. that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, tell me about your first um touring situation. Was that with Archie Bell? And the yes, Dove? yes. So. Did you help form that group, or did you, or did you come in as a fill in or any or something like that? Like, how did that, how did that whole situation happen? Um, <laughs> that whole situation happened. We all, I and Archie and them, Lee Bell, we all went to the same high school together. Okay. However, they were playing the talent shows when I was already performing, so I never did really try to get in there. But I, I was at a club one night, and. Uh, a guy walked up to me. He said, I like the way you a play. I said, what? I started to mark him. Mm-hmm. I said, thank you. And it ended up being Willie Martin. And from that night, the uh, bus picked me up that next week. We headed out to uh, Arkansas. That was okay. my first gig with Archie Bell. And this is past college or this is before college? That's after college. After college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I was so actually, actually, I'm cousin cop because I know a lot about you, so I'm kind of going out of order. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to go back. Tell me your um, um, the the college ex- the college experience. So, what did they have you learning? And you were a cl- uh, just a piano major, like a classical major, or like was, what were they what were they teaching you? At, I was at majoring college? in uh, classical performing. Uh, yeah, we did classical music. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I headed the Southwest competition mm-hmm. in classical. Uh, we had competition in jazz, uh, writing. Mm. Uh, I remember my first plane <laughs> flight, I was going to Minnesota. Okay. Minneapolis to represent the Southwest for a song I had written using all your theory like French sixes and uh, Italian sixes and German six. It was, uh, it's been so long now yeah. until a lot of it has gotten away from me. But uh, that was my first plane flight. Okay, yeah. Uh, first time I got a chance to use fly. Uh, but yeah, I major, my major was piano. Now, in vocals, we did vocals. Normally, I would pay for the choir. When the vocals would go to all state, because in college, you had that all state choir uh, where it would come together. Yeah. Uh, I was a good reader, so I would go, you know, vocal wise to do the reading. Uh, 
stuff like that. But yeah, my major was was piano, so my I spent all my time pretty well on mm-hmm. piano and theory. Yeah, theory was kind of easy for me. I didn't have no problem. Gotcha. With theory. Uh huh. Matter of fact, I used to call out the final exam answer. <laughs> <laughs> Cause everybody knew I was, I wasn't gonna miss nothing. Yeah. My whole time was dedicated to music, school. Yeah. I didn't party. Mm. I didn't go no fret parties. No, I didn't go out and do none of that. I was a nerd. <laughs> all, <laughs> all I did was study and go to school. Oh man, that's right. Till I graduated. Got you. And then you graduated what year? And what college Ooh. was this? Alvin uh, was college right outside of Houston, Texas, probably about 30, 30, 30, about 30 or 40 miles outside of Houston. Okay. Uh-huh. And what year did you graduate? Well, I, I, well, if you don't want to tell your age, you, 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 had, you don't have to. I don't care about telling my age. I'm <laughs> 74 now. But uh, this had to be in 60. Se- oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. 71, I came out the Army. Mm-hmm. They had me about seventy four, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think the uh, the biggest lesson was when you were in the the army? In the army, well, now when I was in the army, things wasn't all that good. See, because mm. first of all, like I told them, uh, <sighs> me and the army didn't get along. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't going to Vietnam and give my life for a country that I couldn't even walk through the first through the front door of a hotel. Oh, but yeah, because it was during that right. time. Yeah. And so I wasn't able uh-uh. But however, God is good because of even the people I talked to, they understood. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we can't do it like that here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I got in the Army band, and I stayed in the Army band until I had me to drive for a general. Okay. So I didn't have to worry about going no Vietnam and all that kind of stuff doing all that. Yeah. And then I got out, uh, got my degree mm-hmm. and well Got you. Mm-hmm. Got you. And so you went so how uh, so so skipping forward about how long were you with Archie Bell and them? About how long was that stint? I stayed with Archie Bell at least to nineteen eighty, that's when I met Teresa. Okay. Uh-huh. And I started staying in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, Archie Bell, Archie Bell and, and the Drills had broken up right there at the end of '79 or '80 or something, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't forgot what had happened. Mm-hmm. I think Archie didn't want to do Soul Train, and the rest of the group wanted to do Soul Train. Oh, why do you think he didn't want to go on the show? Because like that's one of the biggest. Uh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, pull the mic. Pull the mic up. I, I don't know exactly why he didn't want to go, mm-hmm. but uh, I think this was that was the cause of the group breaking up. Huh. So I did go to the Carolinas with them, we, with the Drills. Okay. And man, Tommy Mays left and came to Atlanta. But we had met. I had met Teresa, and he was was going to see. I can't think of her name now. This was back in 1980. Oh, that's 40 years ago. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't think. Anyway. Uh, Willie Morton told me uh, how come I left without asking him. Oh, yeah. Uh, who I told you I leave? I said, who I told me to leave? Nobody tell me I'm grown. Yeah. <laughs> you can come back and get your stuff. I'm going to fire you. I said, you ain't got to worry about that. I quit. 
Oh, wow. So I got to, that's how I stayed in Atlanta. Okay. And got with Johnny Till, Joe Simon. I think Joe Simon was the next group. Got you. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons why, another thing, at that particular time, Teresa had everybody. That house sounded like a music conservatory. Yeah. You know, you had Bruno Spade over there playing guitar. He was with SOS band, John Simpson. Mm-hmm. Band, he SOS band. Tommy was with Joe uh, Simon, trumpet player. Yeah. I mean, singers everywhere. I mean, every room, man. It was like music and... <laughs> It's just a good time. Yeah. Good music. Yeah, that's what made me interested in staying. Mm-hmm. And I started setting them get connections. So I just stayed there. Never went home since. Yeah. I mean, except to visit. Right, right. I right. never moved back so, to. And so music. basically, once one stint was over with one group, you, you, you moved oh, yeah. on to the next. Yeah, you, Were you yeah. the musical directors in these groups, or did you just play the keys? Some of them. Uh, Joe Simon. Joe Simon was I started out with music director, and Joe Simon. Nor was I Johnny Taylor, but I was with the Drifters. Okay. Tams, Marvin Seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we all doing big festivals with other big, big artists. Was that a, was that a thing like that, like back in the day? We did some festivals, but the, the thing that we did, we was on them uh, at the Coliseums. Okay. Yeah, we from state to state, city to city. Yeah. That's that's mostly what we did. We did festivals, but we did a lot of concerts. Okay. Some sometimes we used to stop in the city through the week and do a club, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, so so big, big, yeah. big stage, like maybe uh-huh. five thousand people, like maybe how many in each Ooh. in each place? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, at least five, six, seven thousand. People. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh-huh. Um. Cool. Because even when on summer they came down here, remember we went to Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. It was over two thousand in there. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Got you. And so, so you got tired. So after a while, after maybe fifteen, how how long do you think you did that? Maybe fifteen years of touring and stuff like that. That's nineteen. Nineteen years from eighty to ninety nine. Okay. So and eighty 19. ninety nine. So you're like, all right, I'm yeah. I, I'm done. Yeah. So you came down. So you so you came down to Perry and you started uh, Mitchell's Academy of Music. Right. Were you when you started it? Were you like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna go into it, or were you, or or how how confident were you in starting it? Oh no, it wasn't that I didn't know what I was doing. The point of it was I didn't want to do it. Oh. <laughs> No, I knew what I was doing, but I don't know if I wanted to be bothered. Oh, okay. That was the main thing. Why do you think you just never wanted to teach? Do you think it was because back in the day you were like, I'm just above it, and you just wanted to perform and that sort of thing? Like, why didn't you want to uh, teach? Actually, I never thought about why I didn't want to teach. I just didn't. Just wasn't interested in teaching, mm-hmm. you know. One of the things, I guess, you know, I don't know. A lot of times, the students not really interested. Most of, a lot of students take it because my grandma said or my mama said, yeah. my, you know what I'm saying. But yet, instead, they don't want to spend their time practicing. Yeah. So it's vexing to me. So it was like you didn't want to spend time trying to teach people who didn't really want to learn, right? Exactly. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. But it turned out good. And I mean, I, you know, it's amazing how uh, I think one of my first students was Lil Junior. Yeah, Vincent Glover. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, I said, dog, he cut on so fast. 
he was doing such a good job. But even I learned from him, too, because I think at the time he was about four years old, five years old, and we were doing once a week. It didn't work, twice a week. So we started doing about four days a week. That way they had someone to work with and communicate with. Yeah. And you so every time you do a lesson, the stuff was stacking on top. Yeah. Prior to that, every time you did a lesson, you were just reinstating what was there because he had already lost it. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you go through something today and you don't think about it no more the next week, it's gone. Yeah. You know? And that's what was happening there. But then I find out if I took my young ones like that, and we did at least two, three, four times a week, mm -hmm. boy, they would grow. Yeah. And that's what happened. Uh, that's so you the changed story. the formula. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that's right. And so when you came along, uh, I think we were just getting into that Matthew book. Mm -hmm. Boy, once you got, right before that Matthew book, though, I didn't think. Uh, oh, yeah. I want you to tell the story. Like, you almost you almost kicked me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost, you yeah. almost gave up on me. So, so, so tell me how that happened. I was thinking that uh, you weren't going to be able to grasp it, mm -hmm. and maybe I should just tell your mother, I think, maybe she should go into something else. But then you started in that Matthew book, and mm -hmm. it looked like you did a whole complete turnaround. You turned around and said, okay, I got it back. And you started growing and playing, and after all, I mean, it was like you were like a jet had taken off. And to till today, I mean, you know, you one of the ones that went all the way through the whole works until the point I was listening to one of your CDs, and they didn't know it was your CD. <laughs> and so I told Teresa, I say, "Who is that?" I said, "I sure like that place." I said, "Peace." I said, "I'm gonna have to learn that song right there." I said, "God, dog, that boy moving that thing fast. That thing wearing that thing up." <laughs> She said, that's Zach. I said, who? <laughs> she said, you ain't listening? I said, yeah, but I didn't hear that one. <laughs> so, man, things, yeah, things turn around. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I already knew one day that you would get to the point where I would say, show me how you did that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it reversed itself. And that's such a beautiful thing, mm -hmm. such a beautiful thing. Another thing I want to say you are one of the few students that had a hundred percent support from father, mm, from from both parents. That's right, yeah. from them parents. Yeah, both parents. Most of the time, you don't see a father; you see the mamas, but mm -hmm. you don't see daddies. Mm. You know, so I think that played a very, very important part. Yeah, yeah, to get you grounded, mm. solid. You know. mm -hmm. What do you think the the biggest lesson? you've learned while teaching not not just teaching me but like just teaching just teaching students in general patience patience and paying attention to the student you got to decide who you, what type of student you got who the student is mm -hmm. some students learn rapidly some learn very slow some students don't have the ability to think about certain things mm -hmm. on one way. Their mind just yeah. leaves. So you got to learn how to handle each one different. Mm -hmm. Develop the patience 
to understand what that student is going through. And the big job is the teacher's job to reach the student, not the student's job to reach the teacher. Mm. You got to find a way to reach your student. You find a way to reach your student, you got to go. Got you. Did you ever think about in the middle of doing it, like, did you ever think about quitting teaching? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, was it, or like, 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 was it like, like, because students were getting it, or is it just like, yeah? It vexing and get on my nerves sometimes. Uh huh. You know, because a certain lot of students didn't want to practice. Yeah. They just, just come from whatever reason they were coming from. Yeah, it never vexed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I had the few that was excelling. So I stayed for them, mm-hmm. you know? And then another thing about that, when God called you to do something, it's not easy to leave. You got to do what he called you to do. Right. Yeah. So that was, that was the main. Got you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you stayed with it. And you're still, and you're still doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Still doing it. Mm-hmm. Matter of um, fact, I got some, I got a couple good ones coming up. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, and then how do you still have the passion to learn on your own or still, or still play on your own? So that, oh. so, or it never left. No, it never leaves. Now there's two people, medicine, doctors, and musician. A doctor's always practicing medicine and the musician's always practicing music. Mm-hmm. So you're always we never practicing. ever graduate. We always got to practice. You got to practice until you leave here. Got if you. you don't, you go there and, that piano, especially be time I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, man. It doesn't take long where you don't have the ability mm-hmm. to play the speed, the cleanliness that you used to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you got to practice all the time. Keep it up. You got to practice. Got you. So, got you. Mm-hmm. What is the worst thing that has ever happened to you on a gig? Or any time that you were behind the piano, what Ooh. is the what is the what's the worst thing that's? Happening? I tell you what, the worst thing was there was a time one Sunday morning I was playing, and I played a lick that was so good. I said, "Oh yeah, get it, Mark!" <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, "Oh, bye." Well, from that moment on, I didn't know how to make chords. Oh no! I didn't know I couldn't play. I'm talking about I actually couldn't play no more. I asked the Lord to forgive me. If he give it back, I'll never steal his glory again. This may sound far-fetched, but it's true. How could I not be able to play in 1999? Have I been playing all those years, got all Mm -hmm. those awards for trophies and things for the best performance, and here it is all of a sudden. I don't even know how to make a G minor chord. Mm. Or I look at notes and I don't even know what they were. Mm. That was a, it didn't last long. He gave back. Mm-hmm. But I never stole his glory again. But that was a good sign because that let me know he was really real. Mm-hmm. He's real. That's the worst thing. Boy. Can you experience? Just imagine how you feel if you can't play that piano. Man, I I I, I wouldn't know what to do. I know it. Mm-hmm. That's time. I mean, <sighs> mm-hmm. I, and you know what? 
it's kind of like, well, I guess it's time to go. Because without playing the piano, what else I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to do nothing else. That's my life. Mm-hmm. That's, I've been doing it all my life. Yeah. I don't know nothing else. don't want nothing else. Yeah. I'm made of a, a that's what I'm made of. Yeah. So, that's my worst experience. But yeah, I, I was feeling that. That'll, that'll do it. It was yeah. a good, humbling experience. I guess it's good to have, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I bet you I'm humble now. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a good thing, because you don't always want to get all cocky like you all that. And, and musicians have to be careful. God's the one give out the talents, and I ain't ashamed to see it. Mm-hmm. And then he even put you in a position where you can develop it, give you the patience and everything. So if he don't chose you, do what you're supposed to do. But that don't mean you better than this person over there. Mm-hmm. They got something else they do. We all got assignment. Your feet do the walking. Mm-hmm. Your hand do the touching and grabbing. Yeah. You don't touch with your feet. Yeah. So that's that's the way God handles out certain things. You got to tell them. I got to tell them. This person over there got to tell them. All these talents are important. Mm-hmm. You, you, you follow me? Sometimes we, as musicians, get stuck on ourselves and we all this and all that but no we must remain humble and continue to practice and grow as much as we possibly can absolutely Mm -hmm. um who i so this is the segment we do top three top three your top three national keyboard players like big names and then the top three keyboard players you know like that you actually know in person. So top three national keyboard players, like big names, and then top three you know. Wow. Big names, top three. Mm. Um. Hmm. I can't think of the name of uh, the guy that... Uh, Play so fat, band, not bands tell him. I know him. he was with her when in fact, but uh, God, Ziggity. <sighs> I can't, I can't think of him now. I liked it. Uh, uh, one of the guys out of Texas and uh, Texas Southern. I can't even think of his name. He was mm-hmm. a keyboard player. Uh, the other one. This man here has so much speed, his fingers sound like a machine gun. <laughs> uh, I'm looking right at him because I went to see him one night in, in Houston mm-hmm. and I couldn't keep up with him. Mm. Uh, Oscar Peterson. Yeah. All right. That name finally came. <laughs> yeah. So you saw, so saw Oscar Peterson when he was in his prime. Man, what you talking oh, about? Oh, man. Good God of man. I know that was something. Because we learned from Oscar Peterson. Yeah. Yes, no. Man, I mean, he's staying like a machine gun. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my top. Uh, There's another guy that's in Houston. uh, I can't think his name right now, neither. I don't know when my memory things come short. Now, music-wise, mm-hmm. melodies and things, yeah. shoot, I can think of them all day. 
All right, well, there you go. But the names. Oh, yeah, yeah. They need me. Names uh, really need me. Now, people that knew that uh, Oliver Wells is a very good player that I know. Mm-hmm. Atlanta got a nice stack of uh, who else? Bands Taylor. Okay. I like bands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first got to Atlanta, the first five keyboard players I met. Yeah. <laughs> was some boy. It was some something else. Yeah. After that, you know, we kind of got on equal territory. But the oh, first yeah. five I met, mm-hmm. uh, that boy played keyboard for Sarah Vaughn. Whoever played keys for Sarah Vaughn? Yeah. Okay. The keyboard player played for Sarah Vaughn. We were down in Savannah one time. Mm-hmm. And I think I was down there with J. Michael Davis or something. I'm not sure who I was with. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I would go to the club. I would go with that show. The keyboard player had to play. As far as I got was to the piano. All I could do was just look. He was wearing that piano. I couldn't. It just, yeah. It's so hot. I couldn't tell. All I could do was look at it. Mm-hmm. So finally, I walked back out the door and I said, "Oh, I wonder what sh- should I stay here or go back to school?" Oh boy, he was good. He was showing up good. Boy, he was making that thing talk. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another question. I know this one might be hard to answer. Mm-hmm. If you could make a super group, like push to get, like pull together musicians from whatever band that they play in or whoever they play with, even if you don't know their names, but make a super group of like a, a rhythm section and who you would want to see them sing with. Usually I make it so that they have to be alive, but like for you, I'll change up the rules. Like who would you, who would you have wanted to see together? Like for instance, you can be like, I want to see Stevie Wonder's bass player with, with Earth, Wind, and Fire's drummer, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you, so what, what band would you want to see, and then who would be singing at the front? Now Stevie Wonder's is another good uh, player. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, just Man. Keys. Stevie Wonder is. Boy, have you? Ooh, what yeah, you yeah. talking about? That we was at the Coliseum one night. I was just doing some playing Stevie Boy. Ooh, yeah. Oh, and, and so you yeah. and Stevie were on the same show? No. Uh, Teresa was on the show with Stevie backing up Gene Khan. Okay. See? And so I was there uh, at the show at Behind Stage to meet Stevie. Okay. Because we had just been off that date and happened to be there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity, the chance to meet him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we did a playing, playing around. Oh, wait. You, <laughs> and he, wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me you played with Stevie Wonder? You I, jammed with Stevie Wonder? Yeah, me, we were behind the curtain stage, you know. Oh, okay, oh, okay, uh-huh. gotcha. Okay, so you yeah. didn't play with them. Play yeah, with them. no. Okay, oh, oh, the, I was, I was about to say, man, you've been holding that out on me for no, however many no, years. No. Okay, gotcha. But uh, shit, we just back to having fun. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just hanging out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but what would your, what would your group be? Your dream, your dream group. Oh boy, let's see. Well. Sometimes my green group is Doc Sammy's on bass, and I have been in the present with him on oh, yeah. bass. You talking about a player? Good oh, yeah. God Love Almighty! That. Look at the uh, who else? 
So you got oh. a bass player. You just need a drummer and Dwight, at least another keyboard player. Dwight Smith. Zachary does a good job on, on, on keyboards. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, indeed. You sure do. I, and I respect that. Uh, uh, mostly, I'm going to say this. When it comes down to recording sometimes, mm-hmm. my strength mm-hmm. is chords. Yeah. I'm fat. Mm-hmm. I don't have the the funk skills mm-hmm. as some people do. Mm-hmm. So there that's why musicians even even like her uh one of the albums we did, I recorded some of the solo parts and there was another song that we got another guy to re- record to record the solo part okay. because the way we want it done gotcha. with the clapping that sound and the so that just wasn't really your that's that's right mm-hmm. and so what I think that people should select according to the person's ability according to their talent mm-hmm. according to what they do oh, yeah. that way your project comes out mm-hmm. a lot better oh yeah I got gotcha. you yeah. alright so we've got one last question mm-hmm. this is uh, well I'm going to say it's the last question I might have some more, but like, what is the the one one thing you want to leave with the people? Piece of advice, anything you just want to say? Yeah, if you start toward the hill on the mountain, toward if you start going toward that mountain, don't stop until you finish. Don't ever start something and don't finish it, because if you had the desire and build to start it, I mean you can finish it. All right, gotcha. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me. I've said it. I've said I've said it before, but like if if I didn't have Mark Mitchell, the version of Zach Wilson that was a the version of Zach Wilson that I am now would not exist. You know, cuz there's you, there's Steven, mm-hmm. Jay Adams, mm-hmm. Tyrone Jackson. Mm-hmm. But literally without you mm-hmm. not cutting me off, <laughs> I I I wouldn't be around and I appreciate you always and uh yeah but no i'm i'm gonna let you know i always let you know and uh i'm very appreciative thank you absolutely so this has been another episode of the major keys podcast thank you all for tuning in keep pressing on we'll see y'all next time all All right right. (laughs) goodbye